that song. No, not that song. No, the one before. Who wrote it? Where it's Seth. Is he here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never written anything like that. And sometime you can explain to us what it's like to have the Spirit of God go through you and bring something like that. And all the time Emerson was around, I never asked him either, you know. But we got to know where it comes from, right? I've stood, I mean, way back in New Hampshire, I stood back there and I was preaching along and oh my goodness, it was so good. (laughs) And because I knew it wasn't for me, I stopped. And all of a sudden I was back to being Bill. Very painful, but important. Because you have a Heavenly Father that wants you to know what He's doing. And there's no way to, in the limited individuality, because <laughs> we've got to do this ourselves, you know. Um, And uh, we do it by ourselves. And so wherever God has taken you, and I, I, I've kind of apologized, I've gone zig and zag on this, but I, the Lord spoke something to me here, and he's just been pouring out his care, you know. Anybody else see that, or have you, have you felt like, oh my... God, I, it, it's so, you know, years ago, I, I've never, after a while, people take a song like, uh, um, well, I, I scarce can take it in, you know. And I, I was listening to that song in kind of cavalier and uh, human, which is not, you know, we're asked not to be human, okay? You're just acting like humans. <laughs> it's like the, the caretaker who said to me, um, these, these kids need to act their age. And I said, they are. They're ninth graders. I mean, what do you want? You know? <laughs> Einstein, you want a rocket shoot? <laughs> they are. Um, I'm not going to turn to it but um, a great need always, and I haven't said enough about it. You, if you guys want to share, I'll be glad to give you a mic. Um, the, the circumstance for me is uh, I haven't said enough about purpose. You know? Uh, let's say it together. Uh, all things work. Can we do that? Okay, let, let's do a chorus. 
All things work together for God. Yeah, those are fairly, uh, there's a contention there. Not all things work together. You know, they work together, all those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And somebody, you know, I always look around to see if, uh, if our mountain climbers here, where are you? Uh, yeah, right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I asked him one time, why did you climb those mountains? And he was joking because this is a statement. What is the statement? <laughs> They're there. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you have a purpose and all counsel should be, and that would shut up people. Uh, a lot more if they would see that there's there's a purpose for everything and we don't always know what it is okay and so I want to spend a little time on that today and um, if um, let, let's go to the book of Philemon because uh, there's, uh, anybody know anything about Philemon? Have I ever said much about it here? Somebody tell me what you know about it. Somebody, I need, I don't, I didn't print any of this out today. And, uh, talk to me. What have we said about Philemon? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, I, I need the. I can't even find it, my God. Uh, well, the. I, I took a course way back, and the professor said that in the book of Philemon, you, you get the greatest argument. The greatest persuasive piece within uh, hundreds of years in regard to the persuasion. And if you have your Bibles open and you're looking at it, I, uh, my battery was low on, the, on my iPad today, which I, I've used. But there's some things that are said there that... You know, you wonder, I mean, when I looked at it, uh, and if you just glance at it, I mean, when you're talking about the most persuasive kind of argument and rhetorical piece that was given within a frame of several hundred years, this guy really said more than that, but I, I don't know that I could underline what the professor said but I didn't spend enough time on it. And you look at the heart of love there, but he's talking about an irascible guy, a nasty slave owner, you know, 
who also was probably kind enough to allow Paul to spend some time in, uh, in his home. And uh, there's one thing he says that I want all of you to walk away with today, and I'll, I'll talk about, I mean, if you have your Bibles, you should be looking, just take a glance here and there. But one of the things I tried to do, uh, I, I said it, and, and please understand, uh, I've had a responsibility to sit with a lot of ugly, tangled stuff that, <laughs> that were, were so convoluted in the knot, knots of humanity and filth because all of us have swum in ugly sewers. I get one thanks, Abel. I, it was good to have somebody in the crowd that was uh, giving the, a, the only amen you could. <laughs> uh, but purpose has to be uh, something that we we catch hold of. And, and I, because I've, I was dis delusional in my own understanding regarding gift and Christ, thinking that gift was Christ, and it was only a part. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, how many were just overwhelmed? Did you remember the time when and the Holy Spirit came and you began to speak in tongues? Do you remember the first time maybe you prophesied? And, and you just, oh, it, wow. And, and these things come from God. And, and honestly, Seth, today, I, I started weeping. Uh, and I don't, you know... Some people, you know, they cry over card tricks and weather changes. Uh, I don't. But the heart of the Spirit of God uh, in that song, I wanted to sing it again. We will. But, but the purpose, and, and until we as a people get a hold of the purpose of God in everything that surrounds us, uh, we're going to be uh, um, double-minded, you know, messed up. And I, I want to get this across real early. But as you look at the book of Philemon, think of a contrary statement there. You don't have to look far, please. This isn't an Easter egg hunt. You don't have to look far to see what he says against what I've been doing at times to myself because I hate the, the falseness that I've seen and the lies that I see the, the, the church at large enveloped in. I mean, I, people have told me, like this Johnson guy, I really liked him, you know. This guy's clear, is he not? I mean, I, somebody said, Greer, you remind me so much of Johnson. I didn't like that, but, but nevertheless, it's his ego and humanity there again, being a human, Bill. But what, has, what do you see 
In the early aspects of Philemon, if, if you've looked at it, what do you see there that you need to take away that is contrary to you uh, talking about your mistakes? I mean, I can sit here, I could spend till noon telling you my failures, okay? And this is why I, I, you come to a place in your life where you, where you know that God has scooped up mercy to you and shoveled it, or better yet, uh, uh, put it a, like the, the snow that's plowed. He has plowed mercy and truth to you, so you never want to hurt anybody. But within that, you, you also want to be able to give the truth in a way that honors God. But if you don't see the mercy and the truth abounding, you absolutely are a blind dog. Worse. Worse. I need a little more. Well, don't hurt yourself, my God. You're going to get a hernia for saying amen. We'll have to send you in for help. Somebody read what he says there that, that needs to be central regardless. I mean, if you were a dope addict, you ran uh, houses of prostitution, you, you uh, were a murderer, whatever that you've been, what, what do you need because you were born regardless of where you have swum You've been born above, and everything is erased forever. Which is phenomenal. I mean, to me, the only quickening thing that drew me to intensity, uh, and, and I've always been intense for me. I've always been driven to get me somewhere. Have you? Thanks. <laughs> but... Read the scripture, somebody. You got it by now. You're all. This is a smart class. That the communication. Get up. Go. Go to the mic. There. Here. I'll shut up for a second. You can even talk about it or something. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing, which is in you in Christ Jesus. Well, there's more. <laughs> Well, just stay with that. that. That'll keep you going. Yeah. How many people have had the devil line up your, uh, your mistakes? Well, I, I've helped him because sometimes, I mean, I said to somebody, they were telling me how terrible I was. And, I, and my response, well, you don't know the half of it. Come on. What a penny pension limited analysis you have. You haven't even come to the surface of the abysmal circumstance that's here. But when God says your sons, you are. Okay? Now, where's Richard? What is he doing in Fred? Get him on the line. Now, he, <laughs> Richard was talking the other day, you know, about the, the, the aspect of we don't like what God's doing. And everybody in the room, there wasn't a bunch of amens, but we know we don't like 
what God's doing. It's totally contrary to their natural mind. Your natural mind hates God, period. And if you don't get that somewhere into the meaning of your person, you'll say, well, uh, my opinion. And, and the dirtiest thing about this family today is the opinions that are, just don't come from God, okay? But reread Philemon. Look at it. But you need to be conscious. I mean, we could, we could spend a few minutes here, and I don't want to, but, but we could. And if you couldn't find a good thing that God has put in you, you know, what a bankrupt crowd, you know. I, didn't you love our sister Judy? And I'll tell her, I mean, she can, she wants to listen to it, you can tell her. But she's been out there alone thinking she's going to die. I mean, <laughs> Reb is not, not exactly easy breezy. You know? I mean, can you realize, I mean, girls, how would you like to be on a 150-mile trap line? <laughs> so you have to know, you must know, that you can't know what God is doing in other hearts. Can't know. You shouldn't project. I mean, I, I, I was so, when, you know, this is funny, but when, when, sister, uh, when sister Kathy was seven, she had this flaming red hair, and I, and I remember looking at her, and she, she loved to dance, and she really, in those days, was a good dancer, you know. And I can't come to terms fully with the fact that she, she may be checking out early. But it's not my business. It's not my doing. If I could stop it, Maybe I would, but I can't. And I have to know the parameters of, of my limitation. Right? And, and so everybody in the room goes through stuff. Heavy stuff, you know. But it all has meaning with them and God forever. You know, I, I was walking in here, so I have to share it, and God just brought it to my attention on this whole topic of meaning. Because I sat down with my dad at 96, and I may have told you this, and he, he was a big drinker. I don't know how the guy lived to, to 96 with a... The juice he put in that kidney of his. He must have an indestructible kidney, or you know, titanium or something. And heavy into it. And I sat down with him once, and he was in the wind. He, and he looked at me, and, and this, to me, was something that the Spirit of God did in a, in a drunken father who, who got a hold of things late. He said to me, and I, we were, you know, real close. He was, 
Have you ever been around drunk? I mean, I hate alcohol because I've seen a bunch of it. And I can drink and, you know, we, now, my God, it's coming in by the carload. Hey, here, bring the vodka wagon in, you know. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, he looked at me and he said, uh, brought me close and he said, you know, you know, you've been a brother to me. And I know that what I said, oh, my God. Because to some degree, it had a, a piece of truth in it. And the meaning of, of reconciliation and forgiveness and going straight into somebody that really was, <laughs> there were levels of where his, his darkness was all-encompassing. And I just want to say this for purpose. No matter what kind of a parent you've had, don't be telling me about how terrible they are, okay? Please, I don't want to hear. Uh, because there is reason in the limitation of your upbringing, you know? Yeah, I thought the Doofendock's kids were great. They didn't tell the half of it. Right, John? <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna. They're not gonna say some of the wild things and the and the, and the what? What? Judy didn't tell half. I me? Judy. 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 We told. I said no. We put a. We we put a limitation on her writing. And and it was hard. Because all of us have some kind of a history, but your history has palpable meaning if you look at it from the standpoint of the Spirit of God and somebody say amen for that. You're not here by accident. Okay, let's, uh, let's uh, I'll, I'll come back there, but I, right now I want to go to Isaiah. And I want to go to Isaiah 1. Now this is God talking about purpose. This is God telling the individuals that they're going through form. It isn't real. It's not connecting. Okay? You know, I don't know. I, I see some of the guys at times, and, you know, they kiss their wives goodbye. They, and, and it's a nice little peck, and it, I can see the intensity of it. You know, it's not you know, <laughs> just blowing a kiss from across the room. But <laughs> there are areas where, you know, I'll, I'll put, let, me, let me give another illustration. I... I, in the East Coast, there are times when we would hug somebody. I went down to Columbia, and, and, and the girls there, because they were afraid of a hug or something, they'd give you the old shoulder. Like somehow, I don't want you that close to me. And, and, and it, it was a form. You'd, you'd reach out to give somebody, even got, 
And, and I had to tell guys when I was hugging them, and I said, you don't know how to hug. Uh, uh, I, I like women. There's nothing wrong with me, okay? I don't have that perversion. And why can't you hug? What, what is there there that... And some people just don't know how. And, and I, you know, you know what I'm like, and this was not smart. We've got, a, you know, maybe 200 people there or so, and I said, here, I'm going to teach you how to hug. And the guy, this is a grown man. Bill, don't embarrass him or yourself. To what purpose? I mean, hi there, you know. Hand me your business card. I don't want any closeness here. I'm afraid. Fear is a pervading thing and kills you from really seeing the purpose. You know, there are, there are people who are very warm. There are people who are real and seem to, to know how to, to look through the purpose and the meaning that God is giving us. Listen to this. Verse 11, Isaiah, are you there? Isaiah 1, get there, please. Well, let's go to 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. That's not a compliment. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. Well, he's getting worse. 11, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of burnt offerings of rams, the fat of fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks, of lambs, or he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand? To tread my courts. That's enough for a minute here. You know, we want to be watchful of every form. Uh, the, the praise today was, was magnificent, I thought. The other day, we prayed upstairs, and I came down, and, and so help me, the presence of God was palpable. The, the last service we had. And this morning again, did you catch that? Does that song, did that song, I said, who wrote that song? Where did that come from? And we can, we can get so gnarled and not ask God for, for him to break a, a tradition or form or expectation that is kind of, well, I've been there, I've done that, I know what that, that's predictable, that's, that's a, a form, it's a... Uh. And I, when, when we sang the, day, the song today, my thought was, where, where is that, where is he going to go after this song? And you went to the right place, you know? And that was God. When we're led by the Spirit, we don't make mistakes. You know? And when we're not, 
That's all we do. So God really isn't interested in human performance, and we've heard a lot about it. And, and he goes on. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I can't, oh, I cannot away with it. I can't get a, you know, it is iniquity. Even the solemn meeting, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble to me. I am weary to bear them. Let me just say this. One of the things that I am so delighted about is the, the frame of yesterday has been extended and within this, this company of people, there's something very fresh that's happening. It's realizing what, what we have to do, what we have to be. And, and when, when we see that, coming to a service is wonderful. Because the expectations, we, we don't know what God's going to do. He may fall on us, and we may be on our knees crying and sobbing for, for our own uh, humanity or whatever. And I, because, and please understand this, Paul who established the church at Corinth and the church at, um, at Galatia was beside himself because he saw what children they really were. He established the church. He saw the difference in the gifts. And, and you don't have to listen to a lot of what he says to hear that he was very upset because he said, you, <laughs> I would have given you meat. You couldn't chew. You were babies. There was incense. There was darkness. And they were, they were products of what he did. And, and I, I looked at that and looked at it and I thought, dear God, you know, David and Richard and Fabian and, you know, all, you know, all of the, the individuals, Tom, all of you who've had a part, their individuals aren't going to take to heart the purpose that, that God wants them to have, maybe in this generation, okay? I, I don't know. I have no way of knowing, and I have to trust in the purpose of God that it's grand, it's wonderful, it's final, it's sustaining, and it is constant. Because everything born out there is an offspring of God himself. Good or bad. I do not know how to judge the left. I know how, to, how I feel about them. I know what's going on. I know idiocy and insanity when I see it. But my final purpose is not to execrate 
to judge anything before the time. And <laughs> I cannot stop myself. Neither can you stop yourself from gossiping when it's lively and interesting and juicy. Only God can thwart the purpose of darkness. The wonderful thing that's going on right now is that you're learning Christ to the degree that you and I believe that we are a born-again Christ on the earth and we can get that in our heads is the degree to which we'll go forward. If we don't, if we continue to make it three parts, I want to be like Jesus. I'm going to give it all I got one more time. This time, uh, I know Humpty Dumpty failed, but I've heard the horses and the king's men, they want to give it another shot. It's over. And we need to see it. And only God can stop your soul. For those inside, and there are many who ache about loved ones, relatives, the unknown, the Lord cares more than you do. And he's the only one that can unravel the, the darkness and the purpose of Satan. Okay? Satan wants to divide. And you've heard me say it, it's true. You are, you're absolutely a formidable enemy when you and God are together. And the moment you say, <laughs> I want to turn my heart. Now, all of us have been double-minded. All of us have been hypocritical. We've, we've been extraordinarily theatrical. It's one of my favorite words. It, it, it's better than saying you hypocrite. You know, it's, you know, it's my passion version, you know. I got about two words that I, I could tell the guy on the Passion Bible, which to me is, anyway, we'll leave that. But um, would you say that, that God has a problem with form in Isaiah? Is that, is that fair to say? To what degree do we need that same kind of thing within our own hearts? Um, how many know what the Lord says in, in, in uh, I mean, Isaiah, you could just live in Isaiah because he's so good. He's, he's a blue blood, you know, walking naked. Uh, I mean, he, nobody says, you know, promotes things. I've always thought that, that Jesus read Isaiah and really found out more from Isaiah than he did from uh, his relatives. What do you think, what do you think Jesus thought when, when he got the story about, uh, from his mom about his birth? Ever thought about that? Hey, Mom, <laughs> I was talking to my cousin. 
And he said, Mom, it, it's, it's very interesting when, because in, in, uh, in the most, in the most, the strongest level of enrichment uh, while I'm here, look, go over to Romans chapter 12. When you, when you think of, uh, of the kind of enrichment that um, in the teaching that Jesus had to get, I'm not, I'm not surprised that it took 30 years for him to come around to get some understanding of his purpose. Could... While you're still awake, and even though you've had a, a heavy week, Don, would you tell as clearly as you can what our purpose is in this life? I think our purpose is to uh, be an expression of Christ on the earth. Yeah. Through what we are okay. and what we do. Say it again and give it some lip. Uh, you don't have a mic, and I want even the little children who weren't listening then to hear this if they can. Say it again, and say it a couple of other ways, if you would. I think our purpose, overall purpose, is to be an expression of Christ, not ourselves. We're hidden Christ. He is supposed to be the one that people see. Yeah. And um, talking about stuff isn't going to do it. It's being something right. that's going to make the difference. All right. And we cannot do that. All right. The impossible test. And I would, I would suggest that we make it even a little more definite. You are Christ, not Jesus, but you are. And, and that is impo it's almost impossible to get, a, get across uh, unless people uh, will prophesy to themselves, will say at the end of the day, you weren't <laughs> the expression Whatever you were, you were immature. I think Jesus had a level of immaturity that had to be worked on. I mean, you don't think he just kind of glided around in the, in the glow of God and the response there and just did it all. I mean, I suppose that even whatever table manners they had or whatever introductions was going on, that he had to learn that. You and I have to learn that. And, I, you know, this old dog doesn't get a lot of tricks, but that's one trick I need to get. Even if it's just uh, a small step or two realizing that God has brought me and he's brought everyone that I know who knows him to a level and a dimension that is so formidable and so beyond their capacity that it is a, it is a mind stunner. You can absolutely, thinking of it, uh, and unless he is doing it and you see it, you can't, and I, you know, the disillusion of the gift that I 
was in. When if 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 I laid hands on you 15, 20 years ago, I was so buoyed up by the purpose that God gave me to help you. I was I didn't realize that that was for me. <laughs> and it had nothing to do uh, ultimately with what I could do with his gift. Okay? Now we're we're pretty clear on that, I hope. Would you say? Because your purpose is to do his will. Let's look at it. And, and, and again, and please, are, are, there, are, there, are there some people in the room, don't raise your hands, are there some people in the room who think, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't seem clear. This is uh, out of my reach. Well, of course it is, unless God uh, makes it clear. But let's go to, uh, to um, Romans chapter 12. And uh, maybe this will help. We know the offering, there's no forward movement unless you give yourself. Your responsibility and my responsibility is to offer myself. I offer myself every day, every day, and you do, you should. Uh, and it's not uh, because I've had ministry say, I'm not, I, I'm not supposed to offer myself every day. Oh, yes, you are. That, that you want to get a hold of. Do you know what you're doing? No. Uh, do you, are you clear on it? How it's going to work out? No. Will you fail a lot? Yes. Uh, does God know you will? And, and let, let me say it like this. Please hear this because, dear God, these little kids come up and they, you know, they say, uh, brother, whose is this? Can I, is it, can this be my property? What? I don't know whose it is. No. Somebody gave this to you. No, no, that was just here. Well, somebody wrote it. They did. It was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And you want me to desecrate the little child's offering? You see, <laughs> I come to God, and I don't know. <laughs> I say, well, God, I'm yours today. And I go out, and I'm still mine. <laughs> still doing for me. And, and we don't know... And you can't know. Let me tell you how you can know. And most of you do. And please forgive me for thinking. Or, I mean, I'm not trying to. But some don't know. In this room, don't know. But if somebody gave, some little boy, a little girl came up, you know, a five-year-old, Brother Bill, and they do. And I go, that is not the offering. And if you think that God, who made you, and who knows every fabric, every twitch, every corpuscle, every small follicle going to your eyes and the nerve endings, I mean, just your body alone is magnificent. I mean, there's a creation right here. And he says, well, I'm going to dump that one. I got a new one for you. And... I'm excited about that. He knows you don't know how to give. He knows the level of your maturity. 
It has nothing to do with age. Should. I've had people tell me, you know, you're 70 years old by now, you should. <laughs> I didn't have an answer. In my 70s, I didn't have an answer. And the older I get, the more I know that I had better lean on the everlasting arms of the one who made me, and you too. All right. Romans 12, the offering. We've talked a lot about it. He will not, he will not rip the worst drawing, the worst circuitous route. No matter what you do in the day that you give yourself, God is there to help you grow. Okay? Because you are Christ. If you think of yourself as anything else, you lower God's purpose. Oh, oh gosh golly, I'm not much. Kick some clods. I'm not impressed. I know, I know very well that all of us have great needs. And, and if God is humbling you, people will know it. They'll know it. But he doesn't really humble you. You have to. He'll bring you to a place of shame and inability. And, but the second part of this is something that we, we want to get a hold of. When he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And see, we've said this, and, and we've heard the scripture over and over and over and over. You have the mind of Christ. It's right there. When you're born again, you have the mind of of Christ who was a son. It's not the same mind that Jesus had. It's not the same mind that anyone has. But you do have the thinking power to determine that you don't know when you don't know and you have the capacity to ask God, help me to know, you know. And I think at times he does give you you know, it's so funny. Sometimes we offer, we do things during the day and, and God's in them and we're thankful and we, we kind of stumble into goodness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Someone said, could you give me a hand with this or would you? Or I get a call and, and I got a call this morning from a man who, who is on dialysis and he's 92 or 3. And he called me just before I came down. And he said, Bill, I've, uh, you know, and I said, well, I said, please understand, I, I'm going down to a service. And I said, I'm, I'm on, a, God is just pouring stuff out. And I, I want to get back to you and we'll talk about it. And he said, fine, fine. But I've been trying to get him for a while. He's on, he goes in three times a week for, to have his kidneys pumped or he'll die without it. And he's been a friend. I, his wife was wonderful. You studied under, wasn't she? Yeah. And uh, he was kind of irascible and hard to deal with. 
His daughter thought that if you captured a rat in your garage, you should take the rat in a cage and take it to faraway places where the rat had a chance to live. And Gabriel said, no, let's kill the rat. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, when, when you understand purpose, but you can't, I can't understand your purpose. I stood over there, I, I, was, I heard your story the other night, and John, and John, you know, almost killed himself out there with his heroic efforts f flying out of a helicopter, you know. Uh, but I don't know fully what God had, what wanted to give you. I know it was, well, if your house goes down the river, you can live with us. I wasn't worried about it, you know, because <laughs> it was your problem. That's right. Did you cry? You, do you think that you're too incisive and objectively clear that you don't have to cry? Oh, I can try. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, wife cried probably. <laughs> How about you, Pam? Did you cry at all? Didn't do it. You know, you're just a hard, you're one of those hard cases. My house, my house. Yeah, okay, good, that's fine. Your mind, as long as you're stuck on the tradition of the church and where you've been, if I get stuck on where I've been and yesterday's, because God knew that we would flatline for years. He knew that we would type in shadow. He knew that we would uh, do a lot of things that didn't give any traction. We would be very uh, active. They said, you guys are very, very active. Yes, we, we move around in circles very fast. But the going forward has to be an act of the Spirit of God. Okay, it's not, doesn't come from us. God hates the meetings we have when we just show up. And I did something reckless the other day, and I... I wanted to have fun with Abel Jr. I liked him. I knew that he'd seen religiosity and I was gonna give him the loosest kind of counsel I could give him. I said, Abel, why? I mean, why, why aren't you taking Gabriella home? What? You're several thousand miles away. You haven't been here long enough to hardly get acquainted. Well, that's not true. They were on the line for months, you know. They're, I mean, he's 30, almost 30 years old. Is that right? He'll be 31 next year, Mama says. She knows. Now, Gabrielle is 27 almost. And my attitude was, we, 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 I, I have no right to tell you or able when you are to get closer with each other, in whatever. And, and until we understand that, if you say, well, how do you feel? Or what do you think? We want to go to the elders. Well, that form, it can be really stinky. Now, if you were 17 and he were 19, I might, <coughs> excuse me, um, 
How you doing, Gabriella? Hi, <laughs> Abel. Uh, what's happening? I might do some investigative work. But the purpose of God is for you to love him freely. Because you want him. You want him more than you want your life. And until you want him more than you want your life, you will not find him. It'll still be, he'll find you down the line. You've wasted a lot of religious years. But until you're willing to do the will of God, you're the ignoramus. That's what I said to the folks. Sister Betty hasn't forced me into Spanish. She could have probably, she's strong. If she, if she would speak Spanish to me under certain conditions, I might be a linguist by now. She just let me be. And I needed help. <laughs> that means poor baby. I'm smart. There's a proving ground, folks. The purpose is that you prove who you love. And uh, I came in here this morning and the shower of God was so great. Uh, and the music was so wonderful. And please, can, can we just sit and would you come up and lead it a little later? Because I'm just about through. Uh, you're people of a purpose, of a destiny. And the room is filled with those who are young enough that you could, you could accomplish that purpose. And I, I want to look if somebody will open. I, I can hardly, I, um, but, I, but I do have to say this. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If, if you went after God and you were not happy um, about what he's given you, you know, uh, it's okay. You've heard us say, pour out your heart, tell him the truth. You're not, I mean, it, Every little child and the, and the ladies and who've born four or five children or three or four, uh, I think Karen and Richard could tell you very quickly that all of their children are different. And there's a different approach. I mean, is Chris Greenleaf here this morning? Is he, where is he? What? He was playing Yeah, well, Chris used to say, I need a spanking. I need to be punished. You would never get that out of Gabe. <laughs> D different purpose, different people, different calling. And if every snowflake is different, I've told you weeping, and I didn't even know why I was crying. I didn't know enough about anything when those snowflakes landed on my black coat in the middle of winter and I was uh, probably 19 or 20. If every snowflake is different, 
Don't you dare say that your Heavenly Father can't help the differences and plummet the depths of your persona and bring you into light. There are some even sitting here this morning, and let's ask, I'm asking the Spirit of God to touch them before we close this, like, a, you know, I don't want to be Mr. Charismatica or something, but I know that prayer brings things. And we have some hard faces still who are kind of wondering about their purpose and their meaning. I've told you when I was into a level of a nervous breakdown, it was purpose, purpose. Darkness, light. Darkness, light. Purpose, purpose. And I am so thankful that I could see the gnarly filth of darkness and that God had a special light show when, when I was too dumb to really let it go deep. And, and history and the fact that God has chased you comes from looking behind in the rearview mirror, you see his goodness and his kindness. Yeah. Thank you, honey. I appreciate this. We should have more of it. Um, I had a dream last night um, about my mom. And um, it, it was kind of funny actually because it wasn't like this warm fuzzy dream <laughs> she was actually like i was late getting ready and she was and i kept like putting on i you know putting on different things or the makeup wasn't working it's just like you know i was just late and i and it was time to go and you know getting ready and a lot of people probably thought i was thinking of my mom when we were singing this morning i didn't know that you know often we talk and i, and I say songs and I didn't know we were going to sing that song, but I actually was thinking of Steve. And I didn't know yesterday it was the um, anniversary of his um, passing. And um, anyway, just um, thinking of him and um, just, you know, the awake, you could sense that the Lord was, you know, there are going to be those that aren't going to all sleep and, and they're going to be enlivened. And you could feel the awakening and the hope and just holding on to that um, for all of us with all that everyone's going through that that there are going to be those that aren't going to sleep that and that he there's that hope there and that awakening just with you talking about purpose and meaning just wanted yeah, to be faithful sure. yeah, yeah. yeah well there's there's nothing that falls from the sky that god doesn't know about it nobody's lost ever and we feel that way because we, we hold to a human state and don't look to God. There's nobody that you'll ever look at or if you ask the Spirit of God for his eyes, he will soften. Doesn't mean you won't see some of the blight, but you will see uh, what he wants you to see and he gives you the capacity to, you know, I, there are men that have walked with me, the younger guys especially, some of them, and I didn't have any trouble loving them more than me on the, you know, on a natural way. It was just obvious. They were just better. And I, I, I had that much insight. But when it comes that you are to see everyone better than you, you can't do that. Everything that God has established, you, you're at a loss. You're useless. And, and, and you, you, you agonize inside for that thing. 
But God help us to understand if you're, you are here to prove his will is working in you to go forward. That's what your purpose is, to understand Christ, not just in you, not just in, in the Lamb uh, of God that came, but in the Lamb that was slain for all. And it's a, a, a whole different area and then we, I don't think, will be in that place. How on earth can you see anything in this Bible? <laughs> yeah, here, I just want to read that line in six. He says, hearing of your love and faith, which you has, which you asked toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. He's talking to an irascible slave owner and, and, and looking at him the way God would. That, and I'm, I'll read it. It says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Lord Jesus. He was talking to a man who didn't like himself much. You know, he knew it. He knew the insecurity. You'll see people, you'll walk up to someone and you'll look at their face and you'll say, they're, they're double-minded, they're, they're not there, they're immature. And, and no matter where you look or what you see, if you'll allow the Spirit of God to, to show that light, you can speak to them or you can help them the same way that God himself would help them. Maybe not to the extent, but you could. So God help us to understand that your, your destiny is formidable. It's grand. It's great. And, and I, I, I feel like the, the proof of love is here. And the, there's so much in the natural that is so formidable. When the ministry come, and leave, they always talk about how wonderful you are, you know? They, they're here for a short period of time. There's some that have insight, but may I just suggest this? Pray for the words that come with them, and I, I'm disappointed that uh, Juan Chewy isn't coming, uh, and because they both have COVID. She's fine running around like she always did, even though she tested positive for it. And, uh, but but I, uh, I feel like that, that the proof, the proof of your love uh, is offering yourself every day and knowing that you're born to move into an indefinable commitment that you've not known. Uh, lead us in that song. Who, would you play that for us? Can you pull that cover back, Hannah? She's still here. I want to sing that song one more time. And as we sing, you can sit where you are and, uh, and realize who you are. And if you can, 
Ask God to give you an effectual look at who you are. Now, Gabe, lead us in it, would you? song, Lord, I'd look to you. Lord, I look to you. Where mercy and truth are found, my heart is open. constancy of our God and knowing that he's constant even though we're intermittent (laughs) because we're babies compared to eternity my wife said that she keeps reminding me uh, that regardless of where we think we are in terms of you know you're going to be 10,000 year old one of these days okay (laughs) I I don't know what you look like or what we'll know then (laughs) But it, it's certainly interesting. I sure don't like uh, the little parenthesis that some people believe in, you know. But let me read this to you about God's constancy as we close. This is, this is from Isaiah. And you the, the 27th chapter, he, he says a line, and I saw it the other day, and I thought, my goodness, this is so true. And I had an experience this morning. It was like that. He gets, he begins to shower. God, I want to know your word. I want to know what you're saying. And you can't keep track of him. You talk about abounding. Yeah. When, when we are resurrected, <laughs> listen to what he says. In that day, sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. And the constancy of God's care, even though it's painful, I look around, there's you know, difficult things ahead. I water it 
every moment lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. God's going to keep you night and day. He has, regardless of the affliction and regardless of where you go. Lord, make this real to us. We, we're, uh, we're glutted with goodness. We surfeit on information. God, make this real. Or, or cut this place in 50 pieces and distribute us out there. We, we know what you hate. And we know what you love. Father, we thank you for your love that is constant. And keep us before you for Jesus' sake. Amen.